We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, it's just for Ben. I get it. Uh, welcome back. Burgundy and Gold today. Team 980, streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Scott Jackson with you via the BetQL guest hotline. It is Ben Standing, the Athletic DC, talking some commanders with us. Afternoon, Ben. How are you? I'm good. For You know what? I, it, that went over my head that that song was for me because I'm thinking, boy, we're going to talk Scott Turner. That doesn't, song doesn't make sense for that, but now I get it. Now you get it. Now you're still standing. St- well, it's not really how the song goes, but you know what I'm saying. All right, very good pun, Matty Ice. All right, so let's get to the Scott Turner news. Certainly after the, boy, I don't even want to call it lukewarm, just the answer uh, that Ron Rivera gave yesterday about Scott Turner's season and the job he did, I guess it wasn't completely shocking, but it did. I mean, I'm sure you guys in the beat were getting a kick out of it or maybe not such a kick out of it later on because it was uh, once again a situation where you had uh, the, the decision makers in front of you hours ahead of some actual news, and they decided to give it, you the actual news well after uh, they would be available to talk. Yeah, you look, it's always you know frustrating in that regard, especially since in this case, I don't know when we're going to talk to Ron Rivera again on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least like during the season when it happens, we'll be back in front of him in a couple of day or two. Uh, so yeah, we. Um, I think we all kind of had a feeling that this could be coming, and uh, not as yeah, so not a surprise that it happened. But yeah, sure, you would like a bit more. Uh, it would have been better to have it happen before we talked to them, so we could ask some questions as to why they're doing what they're doing. But they obviously chose to do it a different way. Yeah, no doubt. So now that we um, know that there is. Uh, an opening, I know you put out a candidates list, but let, before we start with the candidates list, what do you think the parameters of this job are going to be? Hearing what you heard yesterday from not only Ron Rivera, but also from Martin Mayhew, do you feel like this is a job that's really open for everyone in the sense that they're going to be looking for somebody who maybe doesn't necessarily think like them, has some big ideas, or are they looking for a very specific grounded pound kind of O.C.? Well, I mean, they certainly talked as if, like, you know, it's one thing to be run first, and they've talked about that but before, but they really emphasized that yesterday. So, I'm, yeah, so somebody who's running, like, an air raid offense with just receivers out there maybe isn't uh, going to be their cup of tea. I, I just think that, you know, independent of, like, offensive philosophy, we just see that Ron Rivera over, over the years, or at least since he's been here, goes over and over again to familiar faces. And I, I just – you know, to me, it's going to be probably somebody he's just familiar with, either because he has him in Carolina or somewhere else. Um, you know, when we're thinking about, like, somebody bringing in a really cool new offense, this is not ageism, but typically that guy is going to be a younger sure. person, and I just don't know if I'm seeing that happen. And, you know, also, with where Ron Rivera is, it's going to his fourth year. He hasn't had a winning record yet. There could be a new owner. I don't know if he's going to want to let somebody get their, you know, training wheels 
out there to, to, to run an offense. He just did that with Scott Turner. And, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not saying it was all terrible, but, like, you know, he, he decided to move on from him. So, to me, it's going to be somebody most likely who has experience and an older guy, and therefore I don't know if it's going to be some brand-new, uh, you know, you know, wild uh, offense or anything like that. I think it'll probably be something a little more standard, especially based on how they were talking about things. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it seems to be the one. And, of course, there, there's the other issue, which we've discussed over and over, and this this is also, you know, what Ron Rivera's going to be thinking about with, the, you know, kind of on a one-year uh, show-me situation if there is an ownership change. And, heck, even if Dan Snyder were still here. I mean, at this point, it's year four, you know. You've got to show something. And then also this new offensive coordinator doesn't really have the most solid, you know, quarterback situation they're walking into right now either it's still one of those you know we're we're in search of a qb1 modes uh once again for this franchise yeah no i mean i think that's the huge unknown here it's funny like dan snyder is often a drag on uh, success because just you know just in terms of like acquisition of players or coaches or anybody not everybody wants to come be part of this chaos, right? Yeah. Now it's a different deal. Now he may be getting out, but we don't know when or or who else would come or who would replace him as the owner. And, you know, I mean, it's definitely conceivable, if not likely, independent of what Ron Rivera does, that a new owner might say, I want my own person. And, and that happens frequently. That's not just about football. That's just about yeah. life. And... Um, that that's why it's unknown. And you know, when right now when they don't have a quarterback, uh, at least you know we don't think Sam Howell's the guy they're going to go to. Or I wouldn't assume that. Then how can you assume that they're going to have a winning year? And that's why if you're a coordinator, you got to be looking at this going. Uh, if I have other options, I'm not sure why I'm hitching my wagon here. But there may be some coaches. You know, remember, you know, we talk about Jay Gruden a lot in these parts. You know, he went to Jacksonville for one year. When it seemed apparent that Doug Marone was on this, you know, potentially on his way out, Gruden got a two-year contract. But other than that, like, I was the kind of situation where, you know, he didn't have a ton of options. He took that, hope for the best, and, you know, it didn't work out on the field. That's the kind of situation I think we're looking at here more than likely. Yeah, and then that brings the the question, do you think Ken Zampezi's a, a real candidate here? I mean, he was uh, the Bengals' offensive coordinator for a couple seasons uh, but obviously, with with all the things that have hap- happened there, I mean, he wasn't part of the big successful uh, years of, of their offense. But uh, he didn't get to work with Joe Burrow. But h- how do you kind of see see that working? Well, I mean, that would be you know sort of in line with you know Rivera, you know, going with a lot of assistance he had from Carolina, people he's familiar with. You know, even Jack Del Rio, even though they they had never worked together, they have known each other mm-hmm. going back to their you know prep and college days. Um, so Zampezi would be a, a an easy, safe thing. You know who he is. He knows Rivera and all that. I just, you know, I, no disrespect to, to, to Ken. It just feels like a an uninspiring move yeah. to just, you know, move the guy over. It's sort of, a, you know, you and I talk about the Wizards a lot. It's like when they fired Ernie Grunfeld, had a long search, and then brought in the guy who had been in the building with him as his assistant GM for, uh, you know, a couple decades. Uh, you know, uh, it's not so much that it would be necessarily bad. It's just like, what's the point of getting rid of Scott Turner? Do you want something different, or, or what are we? What are you trying to accomplish here? So, I would hope they would go outside the building, but you know, we'll see. 
All right, Ben standing with us, the Athletic DC here on the uh, Team 980 via the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, be the books to download the BetQL app today. All right, so you have it broken down in some categories. I like this. You have the Carolina connections. I mean, this has happened once or twice in the Ron Rivera era uh, that they've brought in people that they've known from the Carolina days. Uh, those two people that jump out, of course, Mike Shula had mentioned this months ago when we were uh, talking about it, saying, who is the just go ahead and look and find the offensive coordinator of the Super Bowl-winning Carolina team. Let's see if he's available. And he is sort of available. He's working as a Bills senior offensive assistant, so he's not calling plays. He's not on the sidelines, what have you, with the Bills. But he does have a position with Sean McDermott's staff. Uh, Rob Chizinski, who is a Boston College assistant right now, he was the guy that was fired for Shula. So there's your Carolina guys. I like how you have the big game hunting group, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. I know people think, well, why would you leave Andy Reid and all that glory? Well, clearly this is a man who wants to be a head coach. He really has not had an opportunity uh, yet to do that. Um, but maybe getting outside of Andy Reid, showing his chops, you know, could help him uh, in that regard. Uh, the other big gun, uh, game hunter uh, guys, uh, Frank Reich. Of course, uh, <laughs> you know what they're going to say if Frank's here, uh, Ben, uh, that, you're, that Carson's here still. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Cliff Kingsbury, the, who just got fired by the Cardinals, although he's an air raid guy, that would really be the anti-Ron Rivera hire on paper. And then Bill O'Brien, uh, who's, of course, coached for a long time in uh, New England, some discussion that he may be headed back there. The Texans as well, head coach, and – Alabama offensive coordinator, uh, another interesting option uh, out there as well. And then you get kind of the what's left list of uh, guys that include Joe Brady with the Bills, uh, who was the LSU offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown with the Rams, uh, Pat Shermer, uh, Mike McCoy, who's now with the Jags, and, of course, the, the Jay Gruden one, which is, for whatever reason, man, this has become popular on Twitter suddenly. <laughs> yeah, well, that was mostly uh, for laughs. I have Jay on the podcast every week, so – sort of uh, some chuckles with there. But, look, I think he would probably do it, assuming there was an ownership change. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, you know, this is – you know, they, I don't know if they're going – I doubt they're going to break it down right. into this regard. But in terms of their, the, the the options, like this is sort of how I was w- was looking at it. And you're right, the Carolina thing just cannot be dismissed. I mean, it's, you know yeah, – it can't it, be. Just based, on, yeah, based on what we've seen here, I mean, that would be – Impossible. I, I, I think the, the the look the enemy one is I think pretty interesting in the sense that it would make no sense to want to leave Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, right? And he is obviously aiming to get a head coaching job, and it has not happened yet. We've you know that's been discussed a lot as to why over the last few years. I'm not saying this is the biggest reason at all, but a factor has got to be I would think that he does not call plays. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid does, and the opportunity to do that somewhere else might be worth doing it. Um, plus, I guess, like if you're here, sure, and Ron Rivera did get fired, perhaps they just moved down to you to to get the the, the job, you know, next year. And then also, like you know, Ron Rivera reveres Andy Reid, so you know th- that could be something there as well. So you know, again, I'm not putting much odds on on that from from happening, but this is how. You know, I didn't just put that name on the list because he's a name. There was sure. a, a reasoning to it. There's and, connections. Um, yeah, there's connections for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think it's crazy at all. Um, you know what you're, what you're saying about it, and you know I think it would be something that actually would excite the fan base if it happened. But you know, again, how much is this person going to be able to do their thing is what I think is going to be fascinating, or how much of it's going to be no, no, no. We're we're going to play this formula still. 
uh, and go this direction no, no matter what. But, you know, I was talking a lot about this throughout the season and still feel this way, certainly now as the season is over. But the things that they said about the way they want to play offense now and the way they had a pivot in the season, I understood it at the time because of where the quarterback situation was. But what what I don't get is to continue to double down on it when you don't even know who your quarterback's going to be next year. And, again, where the investment has been, Ben. I mean, they invested in guys – it did not signal three yards in a cloud of dust, so to speak. I mean, it signaled, hey, we want to be a big play offense. We want to hit some plays. Uh, not saying you can't do that and still run the ball, but but it, it's not quite the way they explained it yesterday. Maybe they just did a poor job, you know, referencing, you know, Walter Payton. <laughs> Even though I guess yeah. they were kind of led into that uh, in the two-to-one ratio, which they're, the Ravens aren't two-to-one. Nobody's two-to-one. I mean – Okay, 55-45, okay, you know, fine, but, you know, two to one, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't take that too literal, but obviously I understand why a lot of people did, and there was some clarification given to a couple of, of us afterwards mm-hmm. that you know, they want to be run first. They don't want to be as extreme sure. as two to one um, yeah. on the run. <laughs> look, okay, good. Look, you have to take what these people say that in these positions – they, they're the important people, the ones making the decision, so what they say matters. But sometimes I think it's important to remember that sometimes people are just putting words together to form a sentence, and it doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> everything. Like last year, you know, Ron Rivera over and over again when explaining why a quarterback should want to come play here kept saying that they had the six-ranked offensive line, yeah. and we're all like, yeah, but Brandon Scherf's about to leave. Like even if sure. you think you guys could be decent, you won't be the sixth best when if that guy is is leaving and and so on and so on. So you know, I I just think you know they're trying to sort through it. Obviously, they're frustrated by by what's happening and they're trying to make 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 sense of, of what to do. But um, you know, yeah, it's it's it, it was a confusing note to leave on on a lot of fronts, but particularly the idea of what you're trying to do. And as you said, the actions. Other than drafting Brian Robinson, which was a good call, yeah. um, other than that, most of the actions did not seem to mesh with the idea that this team wanted to um, to, to be a run first team. And I'll just give you just one quick thought on this: like Jahan Dotson, obviously looks like a really good pick, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody's saying yeah. they missed that one. Fine, but if you have Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin, based on the investment and the talent, you got to play these guys. Mm-hmm. Well, wide receivers have to block too. Which of those guys is anybody looking at and thinking that's a blocking wide receiver? The, the answer <laughs> right. I would think would be none of them. Right. So, what are you doing now? You have, if you have them on the field at all times, how do you, how are you a run first? You know, you can mentally say you are, but how are you physically that when that's what you're looking at? Where's the bigger guy? Like if Cam, I'm not saying use Cam Sims, but if he was out there, that would be a di- different deal. Bigger guy. Even a tight end, the only tight end they have who's a true blocking tight end is John Bates. The other three, you have two former quarterbacks, and Cole Turner was a receiver who became the tight end. So, you know, that's the part where it's like, wait, it doesn't feel like everything is meshing here, even if you're saying, you know, what you wanted to do. Yeah, I just – yeah, that's a great point. I mean, again, you know, Joe Gibbs summed it up best many, many years ago when he said we're a bunch of PE teachers. And I think you're right. Sometimes we um, put way too much weight in what's said and expect and have expectations of what's said. I mean, not everybody's going to go out there and jump in front of the bus like, you know, Chris Ballard did yesterday. Uh, but, you know, he knows that some of the stuff that he did his boss signed off on him, so maybe, you know, it's a little bit easier for him to take complete responsibility uh, and blame himself and know that he still has his job. 
you know, Sean McVay's got a Super Bowl ring, so he can say, you know, I sucked and nobody's going to say, well, you should be fired. I mean, we get it. So, But, no, that's that's a fair point. Let me ask you this a- a- before we let you go. A- anything that you um, – anything you hear yesterday or, or was said yesterday that, that was interesting or important to you? <laughs> from this uh, – I can't get off that. Uh, from this yeah. from this presser for the 40 minutes or whatever the heck it was. I mean, to be honest, not really. Um, I think the one thing, and this is pretty minor, but um, when he was at – Rivera was asked about why do they keep getting off the slow starts and how do you fix it, and he said they probably have to look into joint, joint practices more. Um, so I, hopefully that's something they do. I think it's a, lot, some, uh, a logical step that a lot of us have considered. And, you know <laughs> – if you look at their if you look at their team of the last few years, I, I wrote this up on the athletic the other day. I don't have the numbers in front of you, but basically they were like one of the worst like there three or four teams in the first like five weeks of the season under Rivera, yeah. and and they're like second worst record over the last three weeks under Rivera. They're zero and six at home in December and January games, and I think when you're constantly coming back from slow starts, and they do very well in the middle of the year. But at some point, you know, it's hard to maintain a streak for that long. And I think they sort of fade a bit. You're just, you know, if you're playing catch-up the whole time, it's tough to do. So I don't know if the answer is joint practices, but they've got to figure out something. And I know we don't make a big deal about this as quarterback or some other things, and that's fair. But, you know, three years in a row, they, they get themselves behind the eight ball, and, you know, they've yet to have a winning record. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, these horrendous starts have been something. Um, were you as – I guess surprised, uh, blown away by the the comments about the heat, maybe in the the, the unseasonably hot summer, perhaps causing injuries. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can uh, I can pull a muscle in any weather, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, training camp's kind of hot. I mean, I, he said it was hotter than normal. I don't know. Well, I'll leave it to the global warming experts to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was a thing or not. I thought it was better to work out in the heat. I mean, runners love to run in the heat, like, you know, when it's warmer, I should say. I don't know. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, look, the offensive line in particular got beat up sure. um, throughout camp, the tight ends also. And, you know, those were two of the position groups that really never kind of got going a ton this year, particularly the line. So I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I don't know about the. Uh, you know, I'll leave it to a physical trainer expert like Craig Hoffman to tell us if that makes sense. But in terms of, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, to, to some degree, there's a lot of grasping for, for straws. And I will say this. I think, look, I don't know what I would do if I was sitting up there in Ron Rivera's spot, but I do think there's a lot of um, pointing in different directions as to what went wrong rather than pointing at oneself. And I don't know what he could do that would be different. But I think on a lot of these topics, it feels like there's, trying to show, well, our plan was right, but this these things happened. And some cases, maybe that's true, but can't be true in all the cases. And, you know, i, I got to have self-reflection as well somewhere along the way. Yeah, yeah. I don't, it just has not come up at this point. All right, great stuff, Ben. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for uh, jumping on board with us today. My guy, anything for you, man. Appreciate it. All right, appreciate you doing that. All right, at Ben Standing on Twitter, uh, follow me. And read them on the Athletic uh, DC as well for the latest on this um, Ron Rivera and offensive coordinator search. Offensive coordinator search. Uh, somebody just passed along. I didn't see this yesterday. I guess it was like, yeah, it was yesterday because it's 20 hours ago. Uh, Darren Haynes from WSA had tweeted, uh, sources tell him the team uh, plans to go on the outside 
uh, for the for the uh, coordinator. Interesting. I hope that's true. I mean, I hope that's true. I hope it's not just a promotion from within. No offense to Ken Zampezi, but I just feel like if you've been part of the, you know, you've been on the staff that has been in last place, the last last part of the, you know, league in terms of offense, you gotta you gotta try something different. You gotta bring in outside people. You got you need you need somebody else. You need some fresh eyes on this thing, right? You need some fresh eyes. But I hate to say it, um, you know. You're gonna have, um, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to use those guys on the outside. And what's fascinating to me, <laughs> and this goes back to another one of my frustrations with this team this year. Uh, okay, if you're telling me, you know, it's mostly run, we're not going to use these receivers as much, then sure as heck, you know, make sure your your playmakers, like Jahan Dotson, when they're healthy, and he was healthy towards the end of the year for a good stretch, you know, get him opportunity to touch the ball in other ways, like I don't know, returning a punt or two every week. That, you know, just little things like that. Just, again, not forward thinking, just basic stuff, you know. Play safe. Let's call fair catches. Let's, you know, let's kick field goals in the 10-yard line, you know, in week 18 on a fourth and two against the Dallas Cowboys, who we have the game in hand against, instead of letting our young quarterback get a chance to uh, make a play in the red zone. Just stuff like that, you know. Put the foot on the gas every once in a while. Quit hitting the damn brakes right with the hazards on. Just It's just – it's not fun. It's not exciting. And, you know – it's uh, it's not winning. More importantly, it's not winning, but it's not terrible. You know, it's just right in the middle. Eight, eight, and one, perfect record for this regime. Really is a perfect record for what this regime has been. Very safe. All right, coming up, we'll uh, get back to some of these uh, thoughts on OC. Um, Rick Snyder will join us at two o'clock, and some of the leftovers from the presser yesterday too. I want to get to as well. Some of the other things that were said that are. Um, are worth noting. All right, three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. It is uh, Burgundy Gold today. Scott Jackson with you here on the Team Ninety streaming live on the Free Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. It is Burgundy Gold today. Team 980 streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Thanks to uh, Ben Standing for uh, joining us and talking to us a few moments ago about the uh, commander's search. And, and again, of all the people that could be, uh, might be interested in this job or out there, you know, there, there are a lot of, you know, again, people are going to try to find connections, which makes sense because that's how a lot of coaching jobs, a lot of jobs, period. I mean, it's not just the coaching world. I know we tend to focus on sports here on this program. But that's how, like, 90% of life works, right? That's why they this little program, this little little platform, excuse me, called LinkedIn. Uh, because, you know, it's who you know. It's building connections. It's building your network and all this stuff. People get all pissy about it with their sports teams, but yet in their own work-a-day life, you know, guess what? You didn't get hired because your resume looked cooler than somebody else. And most cases, not all cases, but, you know, most cases you probably knew. Somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. 
or somehow were, you know, had a history with said job. That's usually how it works um, in this world. So I do find this kind of funny when we get all pissy about this. Oh, they hired their kid. Somebody's son got I mean, Yeah, I mean, hello. It opened doors for him. You know, Ian Eagle's kid. Doesn't mean he's bad at being the Clippers uh, play-by-play guy because he's actually really good. But, yeah, I mean, didn't hurt his old man. Uh, it's the NBA and, you know, that he's – you know, got that going for him. The Carey kids. I mean, you know, I helped him a little bit. I mean, I'm Keith Jackson's son. People didn't know that, but, you know, it, it helped. Yeah, don't I wish. Uh, no, I don't wish that, but, you know. But it would have helped. I mean, no question, it helps. All those things, whatever business it is. You got to have, you know, the network. And that and that's what, uh, more than likely, it's not going to be somebody that Ron Rivera has never met that he's going to, you know, put on his staff in what could be his – Final chance to really put himself on solid ground here. I just, I just don't see it, especially with, you know, Big Buck's new owner coming in with new ideas and want to do something flashy. And you're talking about, you know, playing offense, you know, in a manner in which a lot of folks are going to say is not very progressive. Now, if it wins, nobody's going to give a crap. You know, nobody's going to care. But it doesn't come off like real aggressive or real exciting. That's That's what I would say. Now, again, there are teams that are run-based that play, you know, they can throw the football too and make big plays. The Eagles come to mind this year more than anybody. Of course, we've seen what the 49ers have done as quote-unquote a run-based kind of team. Then there's the Ravens who really can't throw the ball, you know, and that's not really fun. But they are in the playoffs. They do have a freaky quarterback. I mean, let's be honest. they got a guy who does stuff that the normal quarterback cannot do. But they don't particularly throw it around the yard very well. So, you look at this roster, and I could see why a coordinator would come in here and probably push it back against, we've got to run every, you know, two to one, which they then, of course, had to clean up afterwards, you know, from what Ben was saying at the presser. But whatever the percentage may be, say you want balance, that's fine, but you want to be physical with the line of scrimmage, that's cool. Okay, that's great. But, you know, at some point, you're going to have to put it in the air. I mean, it's just, just how it works. You don't have to have confidence in the person doesn't. You're going to have to be able to protect the person, whoever this is, that ends up being the quarterback going into next year and however they handle it. But there are some intriguing candidates, for sure. Now, again, how many of them will be really gung-ho about the job? Uh, you know, how many of them will be able to come in here and do the job like the way they see it and want to do it is a whole nother thing. All right, you can tweet me up at uh, Jackson Sports on the Twitter, also 3012300980. On the phone lines, we'll get back to calls coming up. Your thoughts on the coaching search for an OC. What do you want to see out of that hire? And do you think it's an attractive job? Knowing what you know about, yes, talent is there for sure, but the fact that you have, you know, maybe it's just a one-year and show me kind of gig because of uh, what could be happening with ownership change. We'll get your thoughts on it next year. It is Burgundy Gold today here on the Team 90 Stream and live on the Free Odyssey app. Burgundy and Gold today, Team 980 streaming live on the free Odyssey app, uh, 301-230-0980. You can hit us up on Twitter at Jackson Sports. I think I got another Neil tweet. Neil is just, I mean, Neil for a guy who's in a tropical locale is, um, 
He's really listening to radio way too much. But um, anyhow, I don't know. I lost that Neil tweet. Maybe I didn't have a Neil tweet. Neil is in my headspace, even though he's not here. I had the Benetton one. I thought he sent me a different one. But anyway, maybe not. Okay. We're good, Neil. Go back to your beach, um, what you were doing before. No, he did send this. He says, <laughs> okay, yeah, he did send one. I don't know why it's not on the timeline. That's weird. He says, great, because losing isn't enough with outside people. Ron needs people he's lost with before because it makes it more warm and fuzzy. <laughs> well, again, if you saw this report earlier, he is going on the outside. Does it mean, again, if he goes on the outside, does it mean it's outside of the family or outside of his, you know, his his uh, his group, if you will, in the coaching ranks. There's some relationship of some sort somewhere. I mean, he's not going to hire some guy from 7-on-7 seven seven football in Kansas that he's never met. I, mean, I don't think that's happening. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, some guys, you're right. I mean, if you're going to go down, you want to go down with people you think will have your back. I, I don't think that's unreasonable. I, I actually don't think that's wrong. But – you know, there's also part of you that says, well, you know, a guy who's like a really has a big belief load, in him, a big belief in himself would be okay with kind of going out of the comfort zone and, you know, taking a big swing. But if you listen to what I listened to yesterday, it just feels like, you know, it's going to be a safer, a safer selection. But I could, you know, could be pleasantly surprised. You never know. You never know. And... It is a, you know, again, it's a, it's a fast-moving situation. It could be a fast-moving situation for all parties involved if um, the old NFL moves this thing along a little bit in terms of a, a sale, if that's what we're getting to. All right, back to the calls. We're going to Aaron and Sue. And Aaron, thanks for waiting. You're next up here on Burgundy and Gold today. How you doing? Hey, Scott, thanks so much for taking my call. Man, I I just don't understand this. I don't understand what's going on. So Rivera get rid of the OC, correct? Yep. And when he gets rid of him, so no one said anything about, you know, there's been some discrepancies or they didn't agree with Rivera and the OC. So this just happened out of nowhere. Scott, if you look at our three wide receivers, Samuels, uh, Dotson, and McLaurin, there's no one in the NFL that has as much potential or talent as our three wide receivers. Then we have Gibson that plays running back and wide receiver. Our offense, it just wasn't attacking enough. Yeah. Uh, and then one question I'd like to ask you, Scott, if you sure. can find out, you know, how did Sam Howell go from a projected number one pick or first round pick yeah. all the way down the fifth round? What, what, what was the problem? What, well, I What's just think people didn't like what they saw his his final year at Carolina, which was the um, the twenty one season. He, you know, he lost a lot of talent around him. The offense wasn't as good. Uh, he ran a lot more. His numbers weren't terrible. His numbers weren't terrible by his completion percentage went went down significantly. But he was coming off a a really big year, his sophomore year. Um, right. going into his junior year. And then, you know, this dropped off a little bit. I mean, it wasn't awful. I mean, he was, I think, 24 TDs to nine picks. I looked this up last week. And then, like, his junior year, his freshman year, he was really big, right? He was like a 38 to 7 TDs to picks, 30 to 7 the next year. But the, the second year he played, his completion percentage was as high as it ever was. 
Uh, his yards per attempt was higher then. And, you know, again, they, he lost some guys to the NFL that year. Um, his second year, or his last year, he ran a lot. He had like 800 yards rushing that year and 11 touchdowns. I mean, he was running a lot, and I think people felt like he wasn't, you know, progressing, reading the progressions, and he was just, you know, that was his check down. Um, but he was probably sick of getting hit. So I <laughs> sick of getting sacks. So he's like, I'm to make some plays. So, you know, I think so. That might be it. And remember, too, when we say projected number one. Now, we're not talking about like people polling NFL GMs necessarily. And knowing what we're talking about is, you know, draft Knicks for the most part. And hopefully some of them talk to NFL guys. Not all of them do, though. Some of them just do their own work. And, you know, it's not necessarily reflective of what the league thinks. I mean, let's be honest. This year there are people that do this draft stuff for a living that had the quarterbacks a lot higher than the reality of it in the end. Um, You only have one first-round pick in Pickett, and it was a huge wait after that. It was a long wait, I should say, after that. So, you know, I don't know. The other guy, remember Rattler supposedly was a Heisman candidate at Oklahoma. He was benched by halftime in the Texas game. He's now at South Carolina staying for another season. So you just never know how these things are going to work. But you know he's he like. But what it tells you though is that Hal had has not had has that kind of talent though, and you see it with the way the ball comes out as quickly as it jumps out, um, in the way he moves. You know, I I think there's a lot to work with there. You know, and I would be curious to find out from all these OCs. I mean, that'd be part of my interview process, right? You know, what what do you got for me on Sam Hell? You know, what was your draft assessment of Sam Hell? Because all these guys who are OCs at one point had to, you know, they all have to do their draft stuff, right? I want to see what they think about him and, you know, how they think he can grow and what you could do to help him do that. All right. Thanks, Scott. You got it, buddy. Thanks for the call. You know, I remember, I think, I think the guy for NFL.com, had him second round projection uh, last year. Lance Erline is the guy, and he, he's out of Houston. I like Lance; he does a really good, he does good work. But he had him as second round proje- projection. Obviously, he won the fifth round. I mean, and it was surprising he was still around the fifth round. I remember, this team moved up to get him. I mean, some of the weaknesses, you know, the ball pat, which he still does. He has the ball pat still, but he still gets it out. He gets it out quickly. He does get it out quickly now. He did almost get himself decapitated. I think it was in the second short field they had uh, last week uh, on Sunday when he was holding the ball to long on that third down. I mean, he just, you know, it's like, dude, this ain't Carolina. <laughs> you're you're going to have to get rid of the ball. Just throw it out of the end zone. And, of course, I think this was, uh, you know, just one of those things where he's, you know, trying to be, you know, he wants to make a play. He's looking downfield. He thought he could outrun guys. Guys quickly close on him, and then he ends up getting crushed. But, you know, that's one of the things, I think. You know, they were saying his deep ball, you know, came out flat. I'm, I'm looking now at the scattering report. Lacks accuracy on drive throws. I don't know. I mean, I think the, throw, the throw he uh, put on the sideline to um, to Jahan Dotson was beautiful. I mean, it was out before he was making the break. I mean, it was he turned around the balls coming to him. It was, it was awesome. Obviously, the slant was really good. I believe the slant was tipped at the line. And you can't tell because he throws it so hard. It goes through it. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff from that game. There's a lot of good stuff from that game. And, yeah, there's some stuff. You know, the triple coverage pick in the red zone was horrible. But, you know, I, I think the guy the guy has actually got a uh, got a lot to work with. Whether they see it that way or not remains to be seen. Or they go all in on, you know, fancy, expensive quarterbacks again this offseason that have got warts. I mean, let's be real. Anybody that's available this year – that means somebody else has said, yeah, they're not that guy. I mean, anybody. That includes Derek Carr, you know. I mean, I guess the unique situation would be 
you know, a guy you know that can play is a Hall of Famer, but how much does he have left, and how can you work around his cap figure, which is obviously Aaron Rodgers. And I still tend to believe he's a Packer, he's out of football, but maybe I'm wrong. All right, 301-230-0980. We'll get to calls uh, coming up. Uh, Rick Snyder at the top of the hour, Team 980, streaming live on the Free Odyssey app. All right, Burgundy Gold today. Team 980 streaming live on the free Odyssey app. All right, phone lines. We are uh, going to grab some of you here coming up. Then we'll have Rick Snyder at the uh, top of the hour. Uh, from Rick Snyder's Washington, you see him on YouTube. He's a YouTube sensation now. And Odyssey.com has a piece up right now on Team 980. You can check out about free agency, Deron Payne, et cetera, et cetera. All right, let's get to, uh, again, some more react off of the firing of Scott Turner. What is next out there for the commanders and Ron Rivera? What are they looking for? Are they going to let somebody come in here, do their job, and maybe have some outside ideas, maybe have ideas that differ from some of the things we heard yesterday. Uh, let's grab Wayne and Bowie. Wayne, thanks for waiting. How you doing? Hey, man, I enjoyed the show. Thanks for having me. You People gotta... forget, uh, uh, I've been a Redskins fan all my life, and uh, now I'm a Commanders fan, but mm-hmm. people forget Joe Gibbs came from Air Coriel. Correct. He didn't have any experience at all. Yep. Uh, we need somebody that's innovative. Right now, Joe Gibbs is a Hall of Fame coach. That's how you get elevated from offensive coordinator to head coach because people believe in you. Yeah. So we need someone that's innovative i don't think you need to retread anybody like they do a lot in these uh positions but uh and, and i'd like to speak on sam how sam how he's a rookie yes but how are you going to learn to play the position unless you thrown in the fire yeah he, he watched wince and heineke from the bench all year and to me in one game he beat dallas cowboys with their starters, and yes, everybody throws an interception. So what? I ain't worried about that. I love the passes that he threw to McLaurin and, 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 and Jahan Dotson. So I think if you get somebody like a Joe Gibbs that's innovative or OC that can come in there and relate to him, I think you can make a viable quarterback out of him. I'll listen to you. Thank you for the time. I enjoy your show. All right, thank you. No, I mean, listen, I, I think there are coaches that could help him and I think he has to play and I think for me I'd like him to be in the quarterback mix I'm not saying give him anything I'm not saying oh yeah you're the definite starter Sam but I'm saying have him in the mix with somebody else to battle it out I mean we haven't had a real quarterback competition here in a couple off seasons and that I think has also hurt them a little bit uh, in regards to you know showing the team who the quarterback should be and knowing who really is most comfortable with what they're trying to do Uh, as far as you know look Scott Turner was not you know, a retread pick. I mean, he had barely been a play caller. He actually became the play caller after Ron got fired, which was interesting. He wasn't the play caller with Ron um, at Carolina. And, you know, again, a guy who was a little bit of a, a very, uh, you know, up-and-comer, they thought, and obviously did not work out. So, you know, do you tend to make a different kind of hire second time around? I don't know. I mean, but that these are usually – Things that tend to happen, you know, you go for the, the again. If you're coaching for your your you know your own future, as Ron Rivera possibly is, with ownership changes, 
maybe he takes a more uh, conservative approach. Charlie in uh, – I don't know where Charlie is, but Charlie's with us. doesn't matter. Hello. What's happening, Charlie? College Park. College Park. downtown College Park. Home of the Terrapins, man. How you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, I'm sad the season's over. It's going to be a long winter for me. I, just, I live and I die you. with this team. And, I hear you. Uh, it goes too fast, man. Um, it did go I, fast. I invest, I invest too much in it, and uh, I shouldn't, but I, I can't help it. I'm, that's who I am. I hear you. Uh, to answer your original question, premise, I think an offensive coordinator hire he is going to be looking at this offense and say, we are loaded with talent. Yeah. Um, they need at least one offensive lineman. They need a linebacker. I think Rivera is smart enough to know, okay, I got my fingers burned with some of the recently. I don't think he's going to go with a veteran quarterback. I mean, I, I, uh, uh, Derek Carr strikes me, but uh, they're not going to go with him. I'd rather see a rookie. I don't especially want to see a competition. I think just it's only one game. You can't predict on that. Yep. But Powell looked damn good to me. He made one, one glaring mistake. I like his throwing motion. He showed pretty good points for his first. He played the whole game against the team that's playing their starters, but they played out of their, you know, what. So, you know, it, it's a little tainted. But I think a coordinator is going to look at this team and say, hey, we got loaded with talent. We have a good defense. Um, we're going to be drafting a lineman. I think he'll talk with Rivera about it. We need linemen. I know you need a linebacker, but I can do things for this team. I'd like to see somebody maybe in the 40 to 60-year range. Um, I think Rivera will pick and choose really carefully. If he does it, then he shouldn't be here. I don't think he should have been fired. Uh, I think 60-40 Turner probably shouldn't have been fired, but his situational play calling for three years always bothered me. I used to call yeah. him the shows and say just situationally, not all the time, but situationally he was lacking and it hurt this team. And finally the players spoke up and said, hey, we're being wasted. I hate to see McLaurin's talent wasted. I mean, look, look who they have, and they're all young. They're all going to play together for years if you can keep them here, you know? Yep. So I think that offensive coordinator is going to be attracted to this team. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, a guy who would want it, but again, the, the, the contract obviously is going to be part of it and the parameters of the job. Like, what are you allowed to do? What what imprint are you allowed to put on it? JD, J, junkyard Dog, excuse me, you're next up. I'm running to the ring, Scott. I'm coming to rescue you. I got my big chain on. I'm just throwing it around, chasing everybody out of the ring. <laughs> How you doing, Scott? Good. How you doing? All I know is, man, you know one thing. Every, you know what, the, what, what, the, what, the, what? What did the Godfather say in the last one? The last Godfather. He said, every time I think I'm out of this mess, they pull me back in. <laughs> and, and you know what? <laughs> Look at him. Look, this team is just one big mess. You know what? They, that's why I got all my Kansas City Chiefs stuff came in a big box yesterday. I left this team. Oh, I'm my God. Here. You're out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines or whatever and stuff now. All right. Whatever. What, what it comes down to is that, come on. You, you, you're going to – First of all, you got one guy who's going to come and who's going to say, well, you know one thing, I'm only uh, just not – it's not a stable job. It's not a stable job because the only thing Ron can tell the guy is that, hey, if we win, maybe the new owner keep us. If not, we're all out of here. He might as well – he might as well went on and kept Scott and everybody went out the door at the same time. You know what I'm saying? But when I look at one thing I did here, and I didn't like it, 
Okay. This, um, they were saying um, that, that some of the owners might not like Bezos because he's too powerful. And Odell might not like him because he's too powerful. Because he's, you know, he's too rich. Right, right. Or whatever. And you know what, you, you know what, Ben? I hate to hear that. You know, because, look here, I'm not, look, yes, we do need more, you know, maybe somebody, you know, because was, they was talking about Byron Island, too, whatever. But sure. Yeah, well, yeah, it would be nice to have some black owner or whatever and stuff like that. But I want an owner if he's, if he's, a, if he, if the bid is the bid and he gets it and or whatever, or whether he's black, white, Chinese, or whatever. But when it comes down, someone say Bezos is, is, well, you know, he's too rich or whatever. And, you know, he's got this, he's got, you know, air, you know, he's got his private jets and all this yeah. stuff or whatever. He's been in space and all like that. I would love to have Bezos as an owner because you know why? It would, re- it would remind me something of like Jack, how Jack Kent Cook was. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. he, I think he would build his own stadium. He wouldn't be crying. Please build me a stadium. Please build me a stadium. I think. I, I, you don't I, think I, he'd build I, in Woodbridge, uh, Potomac Falls, or down there? I, 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 I think, I think he, I think he would listen. I think he would listen to a pitch from Washington D.C. or whatever. But right. he, ain't, but he's not gonna go. But I'm gonna tell you, he's not gonna, he's not gonna deal with all, all that. You know, uh, because see, you know, with, with, with you know, with, with the Republicans and, and, and you know, uh, with the Speaker of the House with being Republican and all like that, Washington's going to lose a lot of autonomy. So I look at it like this, but I think he would listen to him, but he ain't going. But he, but but he's not going to be, you know, waiting for a whole lot of strings to be pulled. So I think, yes, I think he, I think he, I think he would build it in Landover. If the, if 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 Lando would, would would do the infrastructure right yeah. or whatever, and I think and, and I think he would and I think he would do it in Woodbridge if they if they did the infrastructure right, you know what I'm saying? Well, I hope not. All right, I got to roll. JYD, good talking, buddy. Junkyard Dog, who's now a Chiefs fan, unbelievable, unbelievable. Never saw that coming. I think he's I think he's pulling our chain. I think he's messing with us. I think the kids say he's meth- messing with us right now. Anyway. Um, Look, I, I've heard all these theories on Bezos. At the end of the day, he'd make everybody else rich, right? Like, he comes in, if he's over a billion or 500 million over the next bid, uh, you know, how does it, how can you say no to that? I don't know. I don't really know how, how sensitive these guys are. And, you know, let's be honest, some of them are in the back nine, okay? I mean, you know, this is about <laughs> securing as much wealth for yourself in the league as possible, isn't it? But I, but you're right. I mean, there might be some ego. You know, there there could be some of that. You know, Jerry Jones. I don't know, but whatever. Um, I just needed to happen. I, you know, I'm tired of waiting. I, w- I want to find out how this whole thing works, and I'm I'm fascinated because I'm not sure it is all completely uh, the commanders and the Snyder's decision, or you know, it's it consensus the league and they steer the direction of who gets to be this uh, new person. Uh, that's what I'm fascinated about. All right, Rick Snyder straight ahead, odyssey.com. You can read him there. Also a famous YouTuber these days. Uh, it is Burgundy and Gold today. Scott Jackson with the Team Night streaming live on the free Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.